1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a Magnum. Yeah, just a Magnum. Come on, Cam, last year, we, we said probably 150, mid-150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine-pointer. Here steps out this 90-inch eight-pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then I set like another 90-inch eight-pointer. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been, had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. I ask Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure. Super special meat. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and I hope you're having an absolute fabulous day. We're having a banger day because we got some badass news. 
that we're going to reveal after we get into the people that make this possible. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start off with Last Breath TV. What you got over there, homie? Uh, so, the launch party. Absolutely epic. Absolutely epic. Um, Films were smashing. Just People having an epic time. Hats flying everywhere. Shirts flying everywhere. Gear being handed out like trick-or-treat candy. <laughs> Shit was off the chain. Absolute prime environment. Yeah. Um, after parties on point. So ready to literally get into the woods after that. Like huge, huge thank you to everybody that traveled to see us. Um, guys are driving hella far yeah. to come see us and driving back, dude. Like, and, yeah, and back. So it's epic. Um, hopefully next year, um, we can get the word out a little more and we can meet more people who listen to us and watch Last Breath and uh, grow grow that thing into the event that. I mean, if it grows more, I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be the, mid, the Midwest film event of, of the year. You yeah. Know? So that would be incredible. It, um, if you go to one, you're, you're going to make a plan to come back. Yep. All right. What else you got? You got Exodus? As a matter of fact, I do. And you should already know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Velvet Fest. Um, it is officially underway. We might have come out a day early last week on that, but, uh, Campaign for Velvet Fest is underway. It's rolling. The picks are going. So here's here's what's going down. July 21st through August 11th, every camera order that um, Exodus receives comes with a scratch-off card, and it could save you up to $60 off your next camera. Um, with every camera order, it ranges from $25 to $60 off. So you're already you're already ahead in the game here. They have one limited edition laser engraved Velvet Fest camera. And if you get that camera, you get a $1,000 gift card. So there's exclusive Velvet Fest savings announced in their email newsletter. So you definitely need to get signed up for that. You, all you got to be doing is using hashtag Velvet Fest on social media to win prizes throughout the whole online event. And they're going to be sending out custom shirts to random people that participate. And... You already know you're getting a camera order in. You're going to get $25 to $60 off, and that camera is backed by a five-year no BS warranty. Covers theft and damage. They got it all. So go ahead and get involved here in Velvet Fest and get ready to have a badass season. All right. What else we got? The Bow Hunting League. Yeah. Uh, guys, the team list is growing. You have until August 31st to get your team signed up. So that is good news. If you're like us and like to wait till the last minute. But we're already signed up, yeah. so we're good. Um, not only for Whitetail, but there's also a separate elk league if you're headed out west for that. Um, there's also Muley and, and Blacktail in with the Whitetail league. There's uh, just little plus and minus some inches on that. We can get into that uh, when you guys get signed up. And um, it's all free to sign up. It's all free. All you got to do is go over to bowhuntingleague.com. Get your three-man team in there, and you are eligible to win over $50,000 in prizes for free. Yeah, and if you're one guy looking for a team, there's guys on there every day looking, looking for, for team us. members. Looking for you, a guy. You could live in Missouri. This dude could live in Florida. Like, there's no—you could be on a team. You know what I mean? Like, that's the best thing about it is a, you can— A thing that's free, you go out, you kill a giant deer, and you get to win stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's— you, it's literally a free Facebook page that you get to compete to win or draw. You don't even have to yeah. shoot it here. You yeah. just could get 
free to enter and win some badass stuff. Right. For free, you know. Just your name and your email on the website. Yeah. Boom, you're, you're done. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Okay. So the, the good news, you've been waiting for five minutes to listen to. <laughs> All right. So we got a lease. I've heard this before. Yeah. We're not going to lose it October 12th. Um, we got a lease, finally. Um, it's absolutely painstaking to get a lease around my area. Mm. And we're not, I'm not telling anybody where it's at, bro. Don't even message me. <laughs> Don't even sniff around the area. Try to catch my scent because you won't find <laughs> it. Uh, I'm a complete ghost out there. But we've, we've got a lease. Not giant, but all timber and connected to really good stuff. Already shooters on it. Been glassing them up. Um, Got the trail cams out there smoking right now. <laughs> Can't wait. The renders are out there going to be bebopping. Um, but it's a brand new piece. So you got all the excitement, wonder, what's on there. You know, what are the deer going to do? And that's, that's what it is for us. It's collecting that data, running the trail cams, mm-hmm. and f- figuring these deer out and beating them. Like, we can hunt them in the rut and beat them cool, but we want to beat them like just raw dog out there, one-on-one, be a horse. little strategic. You like beating him in horse, a game of horse. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I smoked you, dude. You're at S. I'm at S and you're at E. You know what I mean? Like, that's right, what right, I want. Right. Yeah. But anyways, this episode, we're going to go through how we're going to approach this lease. We don't have a lot of time, right? It's it's late July. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 go time. Um, this is a lease that we know a little bit about the area, but not a ton, right? We don't know a lot. We, don't, we never ran cams there. We don't know a ton. Um. First, I'm going to go about how I got the piece, and then we're going to get right into the stuff. So Yeah, and, like, the stuff is not just, like, how we're going to approach this piece, but, like, how anybody yeah, could approach anybody. a new piece of This could of be ground. a piece of public. This could be a piece of new piece that you get permission on. This could be a giant lease you get. This could be a five-acre piece that your brother is like, yeah, man, you can come out here and hunt yeah. by my house. Like, send, send your six-year-old over there. They always kill a yeah. 200 yeah, over there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a little three five-acres. Yeah, but anyway, so... I asked this lady, almost bought this ground, right on the edge, canceled me on that. Then asked her four times, no message back, get a random message back about, yeah, you can, we'll, we'll do something. Middle of July. Middle of July. <laughs> I've been asking since January. The, the other piece that we have that we work to, to hunt, the other piece of private, um, that took five years, guys. Five years to get permission on. This took about two and... Four months or four over six months, four times asking if she thought about leasing anymore. Like six months hardcore. Yeah, you don't want to get like annoying, but you just say, Hey, you know, you check in. Hey, hi, you know, hope everything's going good. Um, you know, hope you had a good Easter, whatever. If you do end up letting anybody lease this ground, let me know. I, I would like to have first dibs, you know, just, just, just that, just being nice. And that's how it worked out. And here we are. We're, we got we got what we wanted. We got timber. We yes. got timber. You know, we're not we're not hunting some creek draw bullshit that we're used to, okay? But that we're gonna go into how we would approach how we approach the public the first year we were on it. We're gonna do the same thing on this private, but on a smaller scale. So hopefully you guys can take a little bit of information on how you would approach a brand new piece of ground that you just got permission on. So first thing that everybody always says when it comes to whitetail. Look at your maps, okay? 
And for us, it's a little bit smaller, right? So mm-hmm. it's not it's not really hard to look at the maps. But look at the topo map. Maybe there's something that you want to look there. And we did that. We're like, we, okay. We, we looked at like two or three yeah. different topo map, maps. Yeah. And, yeah. and stuff pieces together. You're like, okay, yeah, this flows into this. It gives you a really good idea what the land looks like without covering the whole entire thing right off the bat. And uh, this can also be good for before you lease something. Like before you put in an offer to lease something, you can look at the topo and get a really good idea of, okay, that could be a pinch point. This is a draw going into that draw. There's three draws coming out to this field. And you kind of get an idea of how steep the draws are, what you got going on, a little bit better than looking at just a satellite map. That's another thing. The satellite map compared to the just aerial map is completely different. Look at the satellite map. If you have an app that updates the map, that is key too. Because one map shows a bunch of fields that are actually now overgrown pasture that mm-hmm. are not fields anymore. So if you looked at that map and it showed, oh, hell, there's a corn, little cornfield here, there's a little cornfield over there, or there's a hay field here. Well, that's not actually what it is. It's actually all overgrown pasture now. So we got the most recent map we can find and... You know, look at a bunch of different things. Look at the topo. Look at the satellite. Look at the terrain. Look at the three. Look at the three D. Yeah, the three D was actually yeah, it was pretty beneficial. Pretty cool. It kind of kind of showed you some different shit. So that's the first thing you do. If you got a giant piece of public and you're kind of wanting to get an idea of where you want to start, break out the maps. Everybody says that. You know, that's that's the that's the starting place. And so, one thing about getting the lease, but you don't really have this as far as a public. Uh, spot would be but as far as like trying to get a lease this is on the notes it it we already know it's in a good neighborhood like we know that there's some bucks on a couple of the neighbors neighboring properties that's the caliber of deer that we would like yeah. to shoot like i know the guy that hunts north of there like a quarter mile oh, and- yeah absolutely killed an absolute giant a couple years ago mm-hmm. we know the property straight west of there has slammers every year coming off that piece you know so we know there's people killing good deer in the area so the hunting pressure is there but that's everywhere you go if you're in good deer area mm-hmm. but you just want to know does this place hold the caliber of bucks that they hold yeah and then that's why you start picking yeah, around you, on pick the map. And you pick that area and you're like okay this is in my zone of i know that's good and that's why i didn't want to fade people were like well why don't you go in this county why don't you go over there because i don't know I could get literally get a piece that has six pointers on it. Yeah, the neighborhood Pete, the neighborhood part of that yeah. intel is, is, is gone, gone. You know, so we, we do have that. Um, another thing that is kind of like a low key secret tip <laughs> that I did I do that I don't maybe more people do this. I, I, I don't know. I think more people are starting to do it. Yeah. As cool as it's becoming. Yeah. But yeah, this is a good tip. Yeah. But uh don't don't only scout your piece. Scout the neighbors, right? Oh, sorry. I thought oh. you were. I thought you were going on the. What? I thought you were going over that one. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Scout the neighbors, and don't just scout the neighbors' land. So all these neighbors have a name on that plat book. Scout their Facebook. If they got a giant on their Facebook page, they're holding a a Mac Daddy Magnum, <laughs> and and their property's right next door to there, or. You're like, okay, maybe maybe he killed it there. Maybe he's got some other piece. But if you see this guy is into hunting or he has a you know, a bass picture as his profile or he has kids outdoor on a four-wheeler, okay, this guy drives four-wheelers. This guy is into hunting. This guy, you know, likes to bass fish. He's probably into the outdoors. 
you can pick up a lot of details off of that stuff. Now, some landowners don't have a Facebook, but if they do, that's public knowledge. It might be a little creepy, but when you're trying to find a spot, that's good. And just so happens, one of these neighbors we know has a box blind on there. No, they, they gun hunt. No, they plant food plots. No, the guy to the north hunts a lot. Sees stands from the road. He's got stands set outside of his garage. We know that he's a fisherman. You know, if a guy's a fisherman, more than likely he's a hunter. He's an outdoorsman. He likes to do that kind of stuff. 80% of what you just said, we've seen on the map. Yeah. You know, and... and or got the intel from the map as yeah. far as the name, and they would go here, yeah. boom. Yeah. Look at the maps. Don't, don't always look at the terrain or look at this or look at this funnel. Look at this. There's a lot of stuff you can learn from that map. Look at the plat book. Look at the name of the guy. Maybe you know a guy that hunts to the north or owns a piece to the north. You had no idea. And you're like, oh, dude, this guy killed Slammer all the time. I had no idea where it was at. Boom. And you start connecting the dots. And if a guy's killing Slammer and he owns a piece of property, there's probably Slammers on it. He's not going to own something that isn't going to hold good deer. And I would say, realistically, a three-mile radius yeah. of that of property that, yeah. that you're on. A three-mile radius. Look there. See if you know anybody, know anybody who hunts in the area. Yeah. What they got going on. Yeah. Because bucks are traveling three miles. Yeah. It's, yeah, easy. And one thing, another thing we look for, like for us, we're hunting ag country, so giant blocks of timber. If you can get in or around just massive blocks of timber, giant bucks there. Like that's just, there's just more deer density, there's more does, and there's more big bucks. Just a proven fact. We know we've hunted podunk bullshit draws. There's a few there, but it isn't like when you get in the center. And what we're talking about is just a, it's a 40 acre piece. Like we're we ain't got like some magnum giant piece, but yeah. we're right in the sweet spot of where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Right? We got we got the good shit. All right. So so also from the map, write down areas of interest that you want to look at, like. Cody's been talking about the funnels, the pinches, the ridges, the oak flats. Write all that down of where you want to start at. That way you're just not out there like flabbergasted about, oh, shit, look at this. Oh, look at this over here. And the next thing you know, you've been out there for two hours and you haven't even really looked at anything. Yeah. Get your key areas that you definitely want to hit. Like if you're on a big piece of public like we were, you know, last year when we really took on a giant piece, Mm -hmm. you got to pick those key areas from the map. Because when you're looking at a 1,200-acre piece, you cannot cover that whole thing. It's physically, I don't give a crap what you got going on, unless you have no job, no kids, nothing going on. You are not going to be able to cover that whole piece sufficiently and understand what deer are in the area and how they're using the area. That's going to take years to do. Like, And if you're, if you're wanting to get this property, you want to kill the first year. You, know, you oh, want to yeah. kill the first set. You want to <laughs> yeah. put yourself in the best odds to kill the first set. Okay, next. So, next so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, what that yeah. point was, is just be realistic about what you can cover and what you can't cover. Yeah. Okay, next uh, Next thing. If you are potentially thinking about hunting an area, even if it, you want to lease there, and it's say it's, say it's 25, 30 minutes from your house, drive past it late season. Drive past it in the spring. See, see if you see any turkeys out there. See if you see any bucks out there late season get an idea what you got going on what's the timber look like late season is it wide open is it not wide open you can see a lot of stuff from the road um 
is there guys hunting on it? Like, am I trying to hunt something that there's guys already in there hunting? Am I, you know, uh, did all the hunters roll out? The, the box blind that was there six years in a row isn't there now. Well, maybe they left. Maybe I should ask. Um, and then if you, if you can make a relationship with a person and even if they say, no, I don't want anybody hunting out there, ask to shed hunt it. People are cool with that. Most of the time, if they get to know you, you're like, hey, do you mind if I just go out there and walk around for sheds? It, even even let them keep the sheds. If they're worried about the sheds, just say, hey, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to walk it. I like walking out in the woods, finding stuff. And you can give them the sheds. They probably think it's cool if it's some guy that just, just has a small piece like that. They might like something off their property. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, we, we, we know that about this is, like, you just— get caught up in the time and maybe this guy wants to go out shed hunting but he just don't have the time yeah he's got kids playing ba- baseball or basketball Football or whatever yeah you know doing a million things besides doing what he wants to do it's out shed hunting so just say hey if i find one i just want to take a picture with it and you can have it yeah and it, that, if, that gives if it you gets you on there that doesn't only give you the intel for that property that gives you the intel for all the properties around there so if you ever can get you got an area picked out you can get in there and be like, okay, well, this deer was there late season on that property, and I'm just north of there, so there's a good chance he might come up here and feed this ag. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Any little step that you can put the pieces together without actually hunting the piece is great. Just like in the bow hunting league Snapchat, dude's just running cams on a piece. The guy said, yeah, you can run cams out there. Had a couple extra cams. He's like, well, I'll just put a couple cams out there and see – He's like, well, maybe I'll find something that from my other property that comes up here, I can connect the dots, or maybe I can hunt it in five years, and I just get some pictures of deer. Like, if you got an extra cam, just say, hey, man, I really like deer pictures. I was just wondering if I could throw a cam up here all year. I won't even come check it. I'll just come back, you know, February and pull the card, and and just, well, I'll show you what's out there. You know, and a lot of people... If they're not really into hunting, they they still think it'd be cool to yeah, see what's they, on that they property. Yeah, definitely think it's cool. You know, and that's something that I was able to do. I was able to go out and shed hunt this piece. I did ask her if I could shed hunt it. She was kind of on the fence about it, and uh, she you know asked me who would be with me. I said I'm just gonna take my kid out there. He likes to walk around, and she's like, yeah, if you find anything, show me. So we found a couple, sent pictures of her with you know the kid. Kid was happy. She was happy. She's like, oh, that's cool. Um, found a hanger out there, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, about, yeah, hanger, yeah. So it's pretty cool, you know, and, and another place I could walk. For shed hunting, it's just miles. You know, you just want to get as many miles in areas. But now we know there's two really solid bucks there late season. If I never asked to shed hunt that piece, even though she said there's no way that you're hunting this because someone's already hunting it two years ago, mm-hmm. like they weren't shed hunting, but someone was hunting it, you know, now yeah. I know, okay, there is some deer there. Cause if you ask the guy, they're not going to be like, Oh yeah, there's slammers on this piece. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to come out and say that. Any guy who's hunting's never said yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So unless he owns it. Yeah. Unless he owns it. Like, Oh yeah, this is slammers all over this piece. But yeah. So what, what, what do you got next? homie? What, what are you doing next? So you've got your areas of interest and hopefully you're out there, you're looking at it. How many stands can you afford to buy, and how many stands can you get on this piece to hunt it effectively? And if that, if you can't afford, you know, eight sets, and especially like us, we're hunting together, so it's not just a stand and sticks. It's a stand plus a stand with sticks. So consider mobile hunting. Get in a mobile setup. And, you know, maybe we've talked about this already is like, Hunting 
a, stand, a stand that we have set up that we're going to set up here in the next week or two. And then also we have the mobile set up. If we're not in the right spot, but it's, it's hot right now, we just go in there with the mobile setup, pop in there the extra 30 yards we're talking about, and we're we're in the zone again. Yeah. You know? Like, so don't necessarily have to have all the stands right now. Just maybe buy a mobile setup if you don't have one, and then you can make a move if you see something on a hunt and you need to be somewhere else. But you need to be there tomorrow morning. Yeah. Then you can just go in there with your shit, pop it right up. Yeah. So so game. make a plan for where you potentially want to get your stands. You're out there walking, you're scouting, you're looking at stuff, and uh, make make a make a plan. Say, hey, I got I got four stands in the garage, or I could buy two stands. Where am I gonna be the best odds of what I think just on the terrain? I got no data on this. Where where would I be just so I could go out here have a place to hunt? What's my prevailing win? Here you go. Now, saying that, you have to be ready to completely wash everything that you just did. So you hang those stands. You might hunt it for two weeks and be like, shit, I need to be over here. Or these deer are coming out behind me. I need to make a move. Or the cams are telling me to go over there. So we think realistically we're going to hang four sets on this property and run mobiles if we need to. Are we going to hang all four sets? No, we're not going to hang all four sets. We're going to hang one or two in spots that we have feel really good about that are easy to get into. Like we're going to, if we need to get in there and move them, we ain't going to mess anything up. Mm-hmm. Like you can get in there and move it and get out. But having a plan now of what you want to do is, is huge, you know? And if people are like, oh, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time to hang stands. <laughs> but you, only, you don't have to only hang stands. You have to trim shooting lanes. You have to think about this win, this win. You have to make a plan for this. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and the days, just the weeks just fly by. They're flying by. Maybe it's just us at the ship. I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe it's just us. <laughs> no. And, and you know, you you make a plan like, okay, it's, it's July, or I'm looking at this place in January. I want to have six stands out here. Well, I got three. Make a plan to spread those the cost out of a stand, those three stands, out to season you know mm-hmm. having that plan is huge in in being successful because unless you're on the ground or mobile hunting only you're going to be you're going to need the stands to hunt out of you know and that's mm-hmm. a cost that you're going to have to find same thing goes for trail cams okay you got you need to make a plan for your trail cams when you're walking out there you're looking at the sign you got to make a plan and you don't only want to make that plan for it's July, like, oh, man, there's a good this good spot right here in this clover field or whatever, mm-hmm. or this green bean field. You need to make an idea, get an idea of where am I going to put a uh, camera for November? Where am I going to put a camera for all the next year, you know, the data for next year? Where am I going to place this cam? Maybe I got one mobile. Where am I going to put this mobile at? to get the best intel on this property. Because you're going into this property not knowing anything. Like, we know there's good deer in the area. That's it. We have no idea how they use the ground. We've walked, I walked out there, seen a little bit of sign, but not really, like, game planning to hunt the place 100%. Like, I wasn't out there like, man, I can, 
hang a stand here. The wind's going to be doing this because you're just out there looking for sheds. You know, you're like, okay, this is a good late season area. Let's go walk that and see if there's anything out here. But making a plan for your trail cams. How many trail cams do you feel you're going to effectively need to cover this area? Are you going to need 10? Are you going to need two? Are you going to need four? And then always have one in reserve, whether it's a mobile, a regular cam, always have one or two at your house to like, oh, shit, this scrape popped up. I need to get something on it. But I want this cam over here to collect my full year data. Don't pull that full year data cam and be like, I'm going to move it over here. Try to make a plan to have one in reserve where you can make moves with. And people are like, well, I'm going to have a cam set in my house doing nothing. But it could be the value. It could be literally the thing that makes you kill. Having that cam, especially as a mobile, like keeping yeah. one mobile back, like super key. Okay, a fresh scrape pops up. You're in an area. Boom, you move on it. He's daylight, and you go in there. You know, that's something to definitely think about. So go ahead and cover. We're in there. We're scouting right now. We're figuring about stands and cameras. What are you looking at right now to to make those placements if you're on a brand new piece of property that you have no idea. But go ahead and cover it. It's right here. So looking at, just like you said, the old sign, what's there, depending on when you get on the property. Like right now, you might see an old rub. That's probably about it. You're going to be looking at some trails. Um, the big thing that we like to look for is fence crossings, where they're jumping from the neighbors at, where they're jumping into the ag field at, um, and try to get an idea on like the north end to the south end from the east end to the west end just how they're moving through the property so you can really game plan and that's where your map scouting is going to kind of come into play too that topo you're like okay they're going to be working right down this creek right on the edge of this funnel there's a pinch here they'll be coming up right off this um out this creek right up this hillside pop out into this north ag field um just look at Look at that stuff that you can actually visually see to get a better idea of how the deer are moving through the property so you can set up on the property and get, and hopefully get it done. And another thing, I know I think it's on down here, but while you're out there, um, one thing that you notice is the old stands that were out there. Mm -hmm. um, some of them might actually be huntable. We did, I mean, we're going to check them, but look at like that spot. Like, okay, when, when does when do you think that guy was hunting there? And do you think that you would hunt there? Like, is it a good spot? It might be a pretty decent spot if the guy's got to stand there. Yeah, you would think, like, if a guy's been hunting this for a while you, in the past and he's got to stand there, he obviously seen something there or he thinks it's a good spot. It's not saying that it's a perfect spot, but it's definitely something you want to put in the back of the head, like, okay, there's some reason that this stands there. Mm -hmm. And like one of those stands, there were some good scrapes around and stuff. I'm like, okay, there's probably a reason that he was here. There's some sign here also saying that, okay, maybe this is a good spot. I'm thinking it's a tough spot to hunt with the wind kind of swirling. But, you know, if he, it's super high. So maybe he realized that and he's like, I got to get up super high, get the wind blowing me straight and narrow. So that's just something to put in the back burning back. Like, okay, there's stands here. And that's not, that's not only on your ground. Uh, you see a stand. I don't know how many pieces of property we've walked, public or private. There's a fence stand somewhere. There's a fence crossing and there's a stand somewhere. So, okay, you know the neighbor is hunting there. You put that in your piggy bank. Okay, there's 
there's been pressure here. There's a stand here. Maybe you can see a camera on there. Maybe you can see this guy's got a shotgun blind here. And you can put together the pieces like, okay, there's a shotgun blind there. Probably going to be shotgun hunting there. Yeah. Okay, there's no bow windows in this thing. Like, there's no way he's shooting a bow out of this. He's either crossbow or gun hunting. Okay? That gives you an idea of what the neighbor's doing. For our piece, et cetera, there is a bunch of stands to the north that you can see late season on this property. You can see them right now. There's some right on the fence, right on the ag fence. You go to the back, the west side of it, there's a food plot on the neighbors right on the fence line. Okay? Now, that's, on, that's beneficial for you to draw deer in your area to bed next to that food plot. But you also know that if there's a food plot there, there's probably potential for someone to be hunting there. So you know, okay, there could be someone hunting there and get a good idea of if the wind's doing this, that, you know, that guy could be in there hunting. It's just another little crevice you could put in to say, hey, there's a stand here. It looks like it's pretty well used. Or there's a four-wheeler trail right on the edge of this property. There might be traffic in and out of this. There's an easement that comes through this property that's close to mine. Like on the south side, there's an easement that goes right along the edge of the field. We know that there could be people drive through there any time of the day. Like shotgun season, there could be people driving through there all the time. You have no idea. But you put that in the piggy bank of saying, okay, potential for someone to drive. If I was hunting this road along the edge of the field, there's potential for someone to drive down this, and there's literally nothing I can do because it's their easement. Mm-hmm. So it's just something that you can put in in the in the piggy bank. And the old sign, we're out there, like he said, we're, we're checking those fence crossings. We're checking those creek crossings. We're looking for stuff of how the deer are rolling through the property. And if you can get a, a maybe not a direct line, but in my mind, bucks they sometimes don't move in a direct line, but those does, they got a way that they go through that property and they're cool with that. And most of the time they don't waver off of that too much. They got a line that they like to use and those dog family groups. And if you can get pinned down on one of those, okay, man, there's pretty good trail here. The does are probably coming off this ag, working this oak flat and going right in here to bed. And you got that trail connecting the dots, you know, Man, if I need to kill a doe, this would probably be a good place to set up. Or maybe there'd be a buck on this trail going the same thing that these does are doing. That's something that you can put in the piggy bank. And you can see those trails this time of year. Like they're, if there's a heavy doe trail, it's going to be down to the dirt still even this time yeah. of year. Yeah. You know, and the creek crossings, the the weeds and shit don't grow in the creek. You know, you can <laughs> see those those wallered out edges of the creek and that's this is the time of the year where scouting is the hardest i think because there's the signs all grown up it's thick and uh you just got to look for those easy stuff you know you can tell where there's a fence crossing at you can always tell that the fence is maybe a little bit down there's the jump spot on each side um we've got a lot of rain lately so we'll be in there on that creek and you can really see okay there's been something a big track through here bunch of doe tracks through here every little piece counts so um next thing talk to the landowner if you're leasing this ground you have a relationship with the owner of the ground right or if you're on public this is a little bit different Mm -hmm. but uh talk to that person say you know hey we're out here what you know where are you seeing deer in the past maybe she's seen an absolute giant feeding in this field for three weeks but she's just like oh yeah cool there's a deer out there you know they 
and a lot of times we get oh it's a pretty good buck out there but we're like well what's what is what was pretty good <laughs> like was it really big or and a lot of times they don't know because they're you know they just bought a house that had some acres with it and they're not they're not hunters so but it's always good to have a relationship with your lease the people you're leasing from but they could say yeah these these three or four does come out you know and feed back in the 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 grass behind the house every night you know or these we always we're driving out down the road and there's always a buck or a doe crossing the road here those little details give you a lot when you know nothing you're because you're going in not knowing anything about this so someone Mm -hmm. saying there's does back here every night that is huge that means you know the does are feeding there and they're betting they're coming from this way coming out to the field okay they're betting that way like you've already put two pieces together on a doe family group coming and feeding somewhere and potentially where they're betting at. You have a better idea where they're betting at. So. I feel like this is a tip that doesn't get utilized a lot. And it's a very easy one to get a lot of information. Yeah. Because just think if, if you owned a house and you had 50 acres or 40 acres like we just got. So this lady owns 40 acres and or even if it was a farmer like and he just has his house. Yeah. It's like his little slice of heaven. Yeah. And he might not be hunting, but he likes he likes the animals. He likes to see the animals. And it's just kind of like a little pride thing like it's his deer to a point. Yeah. It's it's my deer. You know, just like, "Hey, you know, what do you see?" He'll tell you, he'll be like, "Oh, yeah." Just like you said, you know, I seen a good one or whatever. Every time like, I'm combining this edge, there's bucks. You know, I bump bucks out of this edge in this corner or something. He's out tilling in the spring. Yeah. He'll stop and pick up a shed. I guarantee it. Yeah. He's gonna stop and pick up that antler. Yeah, and and he's probably you don't you might not ask the guy, but he's got a pile of sheds in the back to give you intel on what's on the property. You right. Know? And if you don't ask that question, he's just. You know, he's a farmer. He's like, well, this guy's just probably trying to kill deer to get some meat. Most of the farmers around here don't understand hunting like we do. They're like, they're like, oh, we hunt, you know, kind of. But I'm like, dude, this is what I do. To the landowner, it's almost like a pride thing. Like they're they have this spot for these deer, and they're gonna talk about it. Yeah, you know, they're they're people like to talk about about stuff that they own or that's that's theirs. You know, and and you could say, man, this spot over here, I really really like this spot. It's beautiful. And then they'd be like, yeah, that's a great spot. You know, just right over here, you yeah. know, I've been seeing a lot of turkeys or I've been seeing a lot of deer or, you know, there's a lot of stuff. And it's so easy. And if you're like us and you want to continue this relationship with landowners, so you you can kill that two-year-old or that three-year-old that you passed this year when he's five or whatever you're trying to do, you want to extend that relationship past a year. Like we're already talking to this lady about, next year the following year trying to be like hey you know as long as you own the property we're going to be respectful everything works out we'll just keep going and you know that you're getting this little bonus you know every year you can see that coming right and uh we've already put out the offer you know she's she's single lady i'm like hey if you ever need a tree falls down in the driveway or something happens you got both of our numbers don't be afraid to reach out and you build that relationship with them and then that's when that's when they're going to message you and say, hey, I just seen a buck run in to the timber because you have that relationship built. And then you're like, oh, crap, you know, what was it? She's got, well, I had like 12 points. Well, that's that's my shooter, <laughs> yeah. and he's there now. You know, if you just had, you just gave this person money, 
and walked away and hunted and didn't have that relationship, you're not going to get that random text November 1st that says, hey, I just a buck just ran across the driveway like, yeah. or a deer's out here feeding in the field or something. Just build that relationship. That's something we try to do even on public. We try to build the relationship with people. And uh, pe- deer hunters are solid. And landowners, most of the time, like you said, they want to talk Seriously. about their land too. So what else we got? Uh, we uh, kind of covered. Okay, let's talk about, you know, you're out there, you're you're walking around, you're scouting right now, and you're th- right now you're thinking about, like, if you're us, you're like, shit, I got to get set up on this place. <laughs> like, I'm running out of time. I need to get something going, get my cameras out, and and make a plan. When you're out there, don't only plan for October 1st. Try to make a plan for where you're going to go in the rut. Try to make a plan for what you think you might do late season. And you don't have to set up on that, but having that game plan, like when you're out there walking, don't just be thinking, okay, this is buck bedding. They're probably feeding up here. I'm going to get in here October 12th on a cold front. Be thinking, okay, this is a good rut funnel here. Maybe we should run a cam here for all year intel, or maybe we should think about maybe finding a tree that we could hang and hunt in here in a, in a scenario. Because that's what we're going to be doing when we're just walking this property. We're not only hanging cameras and stands. We're going to be like, okay, we can get into this tree. We'll have shooting over here. This is what our wind to be doing. Late season. Okay, what do you think the deer are going to be doing late season? Where's a tree that you can get into? Where's where's something that you can access easy? Because it's going to be completely different and late season you got to think there's no undergrowth it's wide open am i in a walnut timber right now and this is going to be white it's 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 heavy tall shit right now because there's lots of sunlight right and then winter comes and there's literally nothing no you know there's no nothing there it's just a walnut open ass walnut timber you're thinking well probably this might be good early but this is probably not going to be good late season there's no food here no cover here. This is probably an area that I should avoid. But you see a giant pine thicket over here. You're like, oh, maybe that's somewhere I should key in late season, thinking that something might be bedded there. Or you got an overgrown grassy area. You're thinking, okay, maybe maybe something could be bedded here late season, and I could I could make a plan on this. Because you're trying to kill them as early as you can, but you got all year to do it. So try to make a plan on what you got going while you're out there. All right, what else? What else you got? Uh, do you want to cover that second one there? Or yeah. like sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you could I think you barely oh, yeah, briefed. I barely briefed yeah. it, yeah. So you we've talked about having a plan for your cameras, a plan for early season, late season, the rut, where you're gonna hunt, how many cameras, how many sets, got the whole plan laid out. You need to be mentally prepared to scrap all that. <laughs> because like we keep saying, you know absolutely nothing. You know what it looks like. You've been out there. You've, you've walked it. You've seen the old sign. You've seen whatever you've seen when you were out there. But this year, the crops might be different. It might be a white oak year versus a red oak year. Someone could have bought yeah. the north and be hunting it hella hard. Late season, the neighbor could have just smashed 20 does. Yeah. And it, it's all different. They could have logged on the neighbors and it's changed the way that they're working it could be logging this year it could like you know (laughs) we've been we've been there we've been there they're logging we were just talking about that yeah uh so just be mentally prepared that shit's not gonna look the same especially as the year goes on like it's gonna change more than you might think it end up changing 
and you're going to have to adjust and you're going to have to adjust on the fly because it's your first year out there. Yeah. That's the hardest. I feel like that's the hardest time to kill a buck. Your first year out there, you got no data. You don't know what deer there. You're trying to figure it out. You're at ground zero of, okay, I got the piece. Here we go. Like that's, that's the, that's the challenge of, of doing it all. Cause you're, you're looking at a new piece of ground and with us, it's only 40 acres, but it's all timber. You get into 40 acres of timber, there's a lot of shit to look at mm-hmm. instead of, okay, here's a field, you know, here's a ravine. I know there'll be work in this creek draw because that's the only timber I got. Like, it's a little easier there, but you're talking all timber, you know, and you got we got the ag the south and, and the ag to the north. But we got 40-acre block of timber. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and it's, it's overgrown pasture and cedars and timber and walnuts and creeks and hedge timber and a lot of different shit in there combined so like you said you gotta have a plan but be in the back of your mind be like okay i gotta be ready to make a move because shit could change tomorrow like our last year we were all set up and we lost the lease october 15th to someone else like we hope that this that don't happen this year but that shit happens right the dude's like hey i'm giving your money back someone else is hunting it so um but anyways uh just be be cool with what with what you got shit changing but uh with this we should have hit earlier but yeah this is the the list of yeah, shit is yeah, just cody just, and i spitballing just, just random yeah so <laughs> if you're if you're planning on you know say you want to run some new cams here you want to hang some stands and you don't want to buy anything else try to make a plan on what you're going to pull what resources you're going to pull from another property to go to this property that's something that we were trying to decide. Are we going to run less cams on our one piece? Are we going to run less cams on public? Because we, we're, we're, still, we're still going in on Magnum. Like, hands down, when it's time to be in the Magnum zone, we're in the Magnum zone. That's just how it is. We're emotionally attached to that deer. We're going to kill him this year. Calling that. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Only thing I'm calling. Uh, but, yeah, just make a plan on, okay, I'm going to pull two stands from over here. Or I'm going to pull two cameras. But... Be selective because this new piece might not be as fire as you think it is. It might not be as good as you think it is. And if you pull all your stuff to put over there, you'd be missing something that's happening over here. So you have to be selective on what you got going on and be able to say, even if you're feeling it, you're feeling the spot, you're feeling it, and the shit's just not there, move the stuff back to where you got that history. You You got a shot. You know, you got a shot. So that's something that you're, you're going to need to do. So um, we talked about this earlier, but a long-term lease is going to change your goals. Like if this is a year to year thing, something that you bid it into, like there's a lot of lease you have to bid into, especially if we're with the other guys, like make a plan. What are we going to kill? Are we going to kill a solid three-year-old? Are we going to kill one thirties? We're going to kill what, what we going to kill eight pointers. We're not going to kill eight pointers. Make a plan on what you got going on because um, if you didn't sign that thing for five years or three years, it's really hard to make sure that you're going to have that. So you kind of have to get an idea of this is what we're going to do. And if you're with it, you know, on it with other people, you don't want any grief when he shoots a buck that, like, you say, if you do this, this is the rules, you're out of the lease. Like, that's that's what it needs to be. You yeah. need to have some solid rules to state, like, don't drive here or you're out of lease. Don't shoot this buck or you're out of the lease. Don't do this. You know, make the rules. And 
stick to them. And that, that will definitely help you out because, and let, or if you can hunt it for five years, okay, we got completely different rules. We're going to, we're going to try to next year, we're going to try to plant a food plot over here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. That's something that you need to decide what you're going to do. Yeah. That's what I was going to hit. Not only about just what you're going to shoot, but like the food plot side of it, the, you know, getting some other trees out of the way that if you need to, you can go out there and may and get them down. Yeah. Um, if, <laughs> I mean, that's, some guys might go out there and do that, even though it's they probably won't be on it next year. But, you know, if you're trying to get it done this year, and that's what it takes, I mean, yeah. more power to you. But if, you, if you've if you got that long-term commitment, it's easier to deploy patience. Yeah, sure. So, And uh, last but not least, this is, like, the biggest thing I think we need to cover. Oh, hell, there's more. Oh, shit, there's a lot more. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> one of the biggest things I think we need to cover is – so you're out there, it's July, and you just got an absolute mega pimp daddy magnum out there. He's giant already, and you're getting jacked. You're pulling stuff from other properties. You're going <laughs> out there. You're moving in on this deer. You literally have zero clue if this deer, October's a mile away. You have, you have no idea what this deer does. He could leave October. He could leave September. He could leave august like there's you could stay all year you have no idea so you have to take the data that you get with a grain of salt so you have to say this deer's here and he's solid and i'm gonna hunt him if he's here but i'm not gonna oh man i got a 200 this is a once in a lifetime shot and then you just bank all your year on that area and then he leaves and he's not on that area you know that, and and that once you hunt a piece for three or four years, you're gonna know what bucks stay and go. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a good idea. You might have some randoms float in that you don't know about, but you're gonna have your core bucks that you keep trying to kill that you can't kill if you're like us. <laughs> that okay, this one's gonna stay to like the 15th of October, and then he's gonna roll out. This one's gonna be here all year. We're gonna probably see this deer. We have a good chance to kill this deer. Let's make a plan for that. You gotta be realistic with your expectations and not get so overwhelmed and ruin it all on, on one buck. You know, we did that last year on a just an absolute giant typical. We put a lot of hunt into, a lot of resources into, and we got burned. We got absolutely burned on public land of a Orange. deer just leaving. We we are covering, we got 30 cams out there covering assloads of acres, never got another picture of them. Deer rolled out, gone, long gone, and then... You know, you you wasted all that time on that deer in that area where there was literally no other deer, (laughs) you know. So (laughs) it it, it definitely you definitely got to take it with a grain of salt and hunt it like you the deer's there. We're going to hunt. All right. What you got? So since this is a new piece and, you know, very little. See if there's a spot where you can get out there and do some observation sets. I think that that's pretty key. Um I wouldn't say observation sits are something that we kind of do, but I think we're taking more time to scout in season than we have in the past. So that's kind of, I'm kind of throwing those two together. I feel like you can get a lot of data, especially like when we see a deer or we see a, a buck that we got on the list, when you just even see it, like that is, that's light switch shit. Mm-hmm. And 
you can do that in an observation set. If, you if get to see him work through the area, how he's working exactly through the area, what he's he using. You don't just get a glimpse of a picture or a 10-second video. You get to see him coming. Okay, he went through here. He went through this. He passed that tree. Why He took a right, went up there. They loop back around. Like You get to see all that long-form data and absorb it. Um, so for an area that you don't know, like, do you want to just go in and get in the best shit that you got, like, mm-hmm. right off the rip? Maybe on public. Yeah. If you feel like it's hot, might be other, another dude in there tomorrow. But for us, we know there's going to be no one in there. So maybe taking a hunt where you're like, man, I think I could kill here. I'm not sure what the deer are doing. Maybe taking a hunt early and watching an area. And if you plan on hunting next year, if you get a little bit of data or you plan on hunting it, you know, I'm going to be hunting here late season, that deer is going to use that area kind of the same. You know, he might throw it off a little bit, but if he's working a ridge, just chilling by himself, doing buck stuff, not on a doe, that's how he's comfortable working that ridge on that wind. And that's data that you can collect. Now, maybe if you were down in the shit, you can only see 30 yards. And you, but maybe if you set back 100 yards, you can see 300 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, you're up on top of the ridge. You got a better wind, and you can scope that, and then you can make your move. I feel like on a public piece, you can do that, yes, if you have the time. There's other hunters on you. Go in there and get the kill. But if not, you know, set back. Even the hunting public does that. They set back and do observation sets and then go in and, and kill. Um they're they're still you're not like just out there without a bow you know you're out there trying to kill but you're not going in on the bed you're not going in on right on the sign you're kind of chilling and let letting the shit play out and you're learning and the more you do that the more you're going to learn over time to to be a better hunter so well i think that's about it we uh hope you absorb some kind of uh knowledge from this uh i bet it's kind of hard listening to it because i i guarantee you're almost thinking about a piece that you're already on thinking mm-hmm. about the shit but for anybody who's got a new piece just like we just got like this is literally what we did or doing right now yeah and planning on yeah and this is the same thing we did when we went to the public mm-hmm. we break it down we're we, we're the older we get we're trying to be more tactical with our time and if you have a plan in place, you're going to be way more tactical with your time than if you're just going in there and I'm going to look at it and make a plan as I go. You can look at it and make a plan as you go to change shit, but if you have a plan before, it's going to help you out a lot. And this is just small stuff that you can look at, whether you're thinking about getting a new lease, you just locked one down, um, and like I said, looking at, landowners facebook pages i don't know if anybody else does that like i might just be the most weirdest dude out there (laughs) like just creeping on people i'm not doing it to everybody but like if there's a landowner i'm like oh yeah james block like i'm gonna check that out you know that's just some random name that's not by the land but i'm just saying i'm gonna look that up on facebook and be like oh yeah i got nine mutual friends with this guy and it'd be cool to be like hey man i lease this over here like you know i'm gonna be out here this year because you never know no yeah that to def, that I don't know how many properties we lease where there's a fence shooter. There's a dude shooting across the fence. If it ain't oh, been hunted yeah. in four or five years, there's Def- a dude shooting across the fence. Definitely. Definitely. So definitely. Definitely uh 
good chance. Just be like, hey, we're going to be over here this year. You know, we got permission. You ain't got to tell them you lease and just say, hey, we're going to be hunting this this year. So we hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.